1: Welcome everybody to Nightlight. Thank you for sharing your time with us. We really appreciate it, and we strive to make sure that our shows are of interest to you and touch aspects of your own spiritual development that you've been working on, and hopefully, in in some cases, share a little laughter with you at the same time. Want to absolutely thank Ken Quiet Hawk for his amazing intro as always. Please check out his website and his material he is a native american storyteller and he is um, beyond professional and his material gives good indication as to how cultures have preserved their cosmology and passed it generation to generation and in many ways possibly better than our history books have done with us that said I have with me tonight Terry Ann Russell, and she has written an amazing book called From Death to Life, the Incredible True Story of Anthony Joseph. And the book is about her struggle after the sudden death of her son. It's a compelling story of love lost, followed by the most painful sorrow and ultimate triumph of hope over fear. It's her story of despair that nearly drove her to suicide, and it's her her son's story of guiding and protecting his beloved mom from the afterlife as a living spiritual presence in her life. And it's their story of two souls who created a plan to reincarnate in our time to teach us that love is truly eternal. Let the truth be known by all that death is not the end. What's lost can be found again if we have the courage and the strength. She is a multidimensional healer, including channeling, Reiki, Theta, and Quantum. She works with men, women, and children, where she has discovered it always comes back to healing the heart, the pain, and the trauma. Ancestral and generational healing is the key to becoming all that you can be in this lifetime. We cannot change others, but we can change ourselves. She is truly inspirational, and her experience with her son who has crossed over is something that all of us should take note of because, in a way, all of us partially do it, but we don't do it to the same intensity in the same way that she and her son have done it in. So, that said, welcome to the show, Terri-Ann. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me today and letting me share Anthony's words with your audience.
1: Well, it's 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 a profound book. It's it's not only profound but it's enlightening and it's it's an amazing story, but the story starts way before you even had Anthony. So I, I I'd like you to give us a little bit of your background prior to to this event that that certainly um stretched you to extremes, and enabled you to open yourself up to a far greater understanding of this and the other side than most people experience in a lifetime.
2: Sure, absolutely.
1: Where did did it begin?
2: (laughs) Like many people, I was a young child, and I could remember um, seeing spirits, but it terrified me as a young child. I didn't understand it, and I had nobody that I could really talk to about what i was experiencing and for a long time i really shut it off i turned it off i tuned it out um and then later on in my life as i got older um, i had three sons very young and then when i turned 40 i got pregnant with my daughter who i call my little crystal baby um she was a miracle child and um she got very sick she was born uh with uh intestinal issues and she bled internally for about three years and that really led me to my path to find Reiki and uh, alternative way of healing to help her and so through that experience I started studying Reiki and it opened up a new path for me I was searching for this deeper understanding like why could nobody help my child and I would watch her suffer month after month after month getting blood transfusions and we traveled all over the country to look for a doctor that could help her, and we didn't find anybody. So through learning Reiki and energy healing and theta healing, I have been able to help heal her. And so she is almost five years now hospital-free with no blood transfusions. And her doctors are astounded. It was really a whole entire long process. I actually equate having my daughter to, like, this pre-shattering before Anthony passed. It was like a preparation because we did almost lose her. Several times, so
1: it paired me in a way for what was to come later on in my life. Well, was there was there any indication? I mean, when you were when you were doing Reiki and Theta and quantum healing, um, <clears throat> I mean, you you did it on on other people as well as your daughter, I assume. You have to practice on somebody. Yeah, somebody's. when I was first. Yeah, well, I first started. Yeah, I did it on family members.
2: You know, I started with Reiki, and it just opened a whole new world for me, that spirit-led um, life. It was just like everything that I was seeing and doing had started to change. Like, I could, the colors in the world shifted and changed. I can't explain it. It's like, just, I, I was seeing life through new eyes, and and through learning Reiki led me to Theta and then Quantum Healing and then uh, Past Life Regression. And so I've had all this training to sort of help propel me forward to where I am today
1: um, as a preparation, I'd say. Well, when people get involved in in spiritual energy work, and and I I underline the energy as well, um, it does in many ways, my description is usually that, it, it takes your world from black and white to technicolor because
2: oh, I as, love the that. Energy,
1: <laughs> as, as the energy goes through your body, you feel it. And, and it's, it's not so much of, you know, thinking something's happening. You know something's happening, especially with any energy work, even if it's um, Tai Chi or any of those other energy works. So that so that you are aware that the energy is doing something, so you have a knowingness that changes are happening, and and with that knowingness, it it opens you up inside to the potential of other areas that you can go into. So, um, it it is an amazing experience to do all of this kind of work in past life regression as well. So that so that in a way you were being prepared for something without actually knowing it. And um, you know, often, often when people are on quests like this, they they don't realize that that you know it, it's kind of like this is so neat and it helps your daughter, but it was preparing you for something else as well. And you know, it's it's kind of like you, you don't even know what that what that's going to be. So there's an awareness there. Did you have a feeling that something was going to happen further, or or were you just sort of floating along with all of it?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, not too long after my daughter was healed, I had a near-death experience, and that experience really sort of threw me, propelled me deeply. I was then searching for this deeper understanding. What was it that I just experienced through this near-death experience? And my life became sort of very hard to describe, like very choreographed, like my husband and I, we had just built this beautiful house in Arizona in Gilbert. And I was like, two years in, I'm like, I had this near-death experience. And I'm like, we have to move to Sedona. I'm being guided to move to Sedona, Arizona, <laughs> where I I do my work. And he's like, oh, my God, are you crazy? Like, we just built this house. How are we going to do all of this? And so I ended up going on the weekends and starting to work in Sedona. It was about two hours from our house. So we did that a year. And then a year after that, we decided to sell our house and move to Sedona and live there full-time because I'm like, I need to be here full-time now. And that experience uh-huh. really sort of just – it was beautifully choreographed. I You know, it's like everything that happens with Anthony now, too. It's, it's beautifully choreographed. He leaves things, and things are just, like, put in front of me for me to see and to, to follow that path. So the near-death well,
1: experience most- – I. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say most people that that start to work with spirit and energy, um, they do find that if they get out of the way, spirit takes care of everything and it provides everything. And it, you know, the element of quote unquote coincidences um, happen mm-hmm. frequently and 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 they they just are amazing. And you and and then of course you know you at least with me anyhow I. I Usually, get to a point where eh, I know where they want me to go. I'll go there myself, and then I realize that I'm not steering. I'm steering, and and spirit isn't. And I'm. I, I know I'm going for. A, I'm making a mistake <laughs> for sure. But that that's the human part of us. But so right. you you had all all of these experiences, and then and then Anthony, who feels like he was. Very, very special before he passed away. He was unique. He almost feels like he was an indigo.
2: Yeah, he was amazing. Um, and
1: still is. I always, I try to speak about him in the present tense always.
2: Um, okay. So when I describe him as like a child, I'll say he was. He, as a child, he was very much, very articulate, very old soul. Like if you looked in his eyes, you could see he had this knowing beyond
1: his years. And and how long how long was he with you in physical?
2: 27 years. He had just turned 27. Um, we had been in Vegas for a week, and we celebrated um, his 27th birthday, and my husband and I renewed our vows. And we spent a, a wonderful week together with all of our children and my parents and my brother, and it was very special. And it was really planned, like, just all of a sudden, like, like and I'm so grateful for that experience to have
1: had that time to spend with him. And so he passed away, and that had to be, I, 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 I think it's got to be the worst devastating thing that could happen to any person, to have a child go before they do.
2: Yes. It was um, and
1: heart-wrenching, and
2: it was painful. It was horrific, uh we had just seen him he was healthy and happy he showed no signs of of being ill and from what we were able to piece together from the officer um and his roommate on sunday night he started getting sick he got a fever and he was vomiting um tuesday he went to urgent care and they sent him home with a sub diagnosis and a few hours later um his roommate called 9-1, he couldn't breathe. And when the paramedics arrived, he was still alive, in fact, um, but they couldn't save him at that point. And so I I can't even describe what it feels like. It's hard for me to put into words what it feels like to lose a child. I, I could just describe it as, as if somebody ripped your heart out. Yeah,
1: at least, yeah. I, I just I, – I've only yeah. got one child. I can't imagine um, – what it would feel like if if something happened to him, and and so yeah, it this this has to send you no matter how spiritual you are, um, unless you're a saint, um, no matter how spiritual you are, it 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 absolutely shoves you right to the depths of despair. Yeah, I always say knowing does not
2: make my loss easier. I simply understand better, but the pain the physical pain I had in my body, the, you know, the amount of heaviness I could feel in my chest. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know if it was me or if it was darkness and grief that were bringing me, my frequency down, but I didn't want to be here without him. Um, uh-huh. I, I think it's natural for any parent that loses a child to feel like that. You, I mean, my parents are even still alive, so my parents are in their early 70s, and for them, it's... Just as devastating because how could this perfectly strong, healthy man, I mean, we always worried about my daughter because she was small and frail, but this perfectly strong, healthy man be here a few days just before we saw him, and now he's not. So no matter how spiritual you are, how religious you are, there's this just, you can't conceptualize it in your mind how he's not in the physical with us any longer.
1: Well you you might want to address something you just said because it it's it's very true. Um there are there are people that live to be 106 and there are people that live to be 3 months and there is a contract or an agenda that is agreed to before we come into the lifetime. And when we've yeah. completed that agenda um we move on, we go, we, you know, it, it's, it's our time to go on to the next, whatever next phase it is. So, and he did talk about that. You want to talk a little bit about that? I, I think it's, it's a fascinating thing and it it might help some people understand why sometimes things happen that just don't seem right. Yeah. So I think if
2: a lot of people understood more of what soul contracts are and, like you were just saying, the soul contract is written and uh when we decide to incarnate into a human we have certain times um that if we've done our work and we are, you know, very evolved, like we said he was an old soul. Um so these are extensive plans that we can make with our soul group before we incarnate into Earth and sometimes they're very detailed and as you said, you know, it can be when you're three months, you know, three nine it doesn't matter the age um and he told me once in a um when i was connecting with him that our time was cut short by my standards not his and he arrived just in time (laughs) so um you know the soul contract i was able to go a little deeper with him and and find out what our soul contract was about because i think it was very important for me to understand that because i had a lot of issue with um It's so hard to describe. You know, I'm a medium and a channel and I do this work, but having your child now come to you, and because I was still in such a state of shock, um, I didn't want to connect with him right away, um, if that makes sense, because if I was connecting with him, that would mean that he was dead. And at that point in the very beginning, I had a hard time believing that he was dead. So my psyche, everything in my, my body shut down. Um, even though my psychic abilities were on point and he was very adamant about coming in very quickly. I mean, within hours of his passing, he was trying to connect with me and I could sort of hear him coming in and out, um, at that time, like almost like a CB radio, but I could hear him yelling at me that, that he was okay. He's okay. I don't need to worry about him. He's, I'm okay, mom. I'm okay. Um, And I knew that was very important for him to connect that with me, but I just, at that point, I I didn't want to hear that.
1: Well, at that point, as a parent, I would think that you were also thinking, that's my imagination. That's what I want to hear. I want to know he's okay. And and so, you know, with a gift that you are so clear on for other people, it's very hard to be clear on that gift for yourself.
2: I always say that, yes, it is very difficult. And I had premonitions when my sons were young. I would have reoccurring dreams um, that an officer would come to the door and I could see myself fall on the floor crying, um, but I could never hear what the officer was saying. Um, And so I had several of those dreams when my children were young.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. So there I was think... a
2: knowing. I did have a, a knowing. Um, and when I look back on it, it was to sort of open me to prepare me. Um, but nothing could have prepared me. I, you know, they could have shown me the entire scene and nothing could have prepared me, um, for actually hearing those words.
1: Oh, absolutely not. So, so it was his voice first that you heard yeah and I could feel him,
2: and, and I can smell him. Within hours now, I'm telling you, um within hours, I think he passed around 10 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning. The officer was in our home telling my husband and I that he passed. So within hours of his passing, and so for me, it was like, I'm in shock. The officer's describing how they tried to save his life, and... Um, you know, they're talking about my child, you know, they're they're doing chest compressions and and they're describing all this stuff, trying to be very helpful, but they're talking about your child. So I sort of left my body. It's very natural for me as an intuitive to leave my body a lot. As an interdimensional um, healer, I I leave my body a lot. So it's very natural Uh for me. So I was sort of away from my body, protecting me my my physical body, my emotional, mental, spiritual body from the trauma that was going on. So I was already, at that point, I'm in shock. Um, and I'm in two different places, and my psychic senses are blaring, and he's trying to connect me. So my body, my physical body was like on overload. Well, <clears throat>
1: now, at some point, you, you know, I, with all of the depression, with all of the the sadness, with all of the grief, you must have, you know, gone through a, a time of shadows, I guess I would call it, where, where you almost doubted everything and everyone and everything you did and everything you are and, and wondered, why am I serving spirit this way when they take away my child? Because that's what I would think.
2: Yes, absolutely. I was mad. I went through all the emotions of of grief, the anger, despair, um, the denial. Uh, my emotions were so powerful. Um, they were just raw and unfiltered. And the darkness, uh, you know, I could tell you, because I do what I do, I know the voices that I was also hearing besides the Anthony's voice. They were darker voices that were telling me to take my life. I know that it was, all of this stuff and the grief Um, I talk about grief a lot now and I share this with a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people understand that sometimes when you are hearing voices they may not be um, you know from spirit or higher frequency voices they speak to you Uh different they feel different Um, so for me I was able to discern that this was not a a good voice speaking to me and um, it was because Grief, I shared in the book, I don't know if you saw it, the uh, Map of Consciousness by David um, Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, where it talks about grief, and so grief is very low on the, the frequency scale and higher is joy, love, peace. Um, you want to be somewhere up in those higher levels. Um, and so grief is such a lower level that sometimes we can get um, attachments or, or darker and depression I you know I was angry I was mad um this was my child I did I didn't want to be here anymore I didn't want to do this work I didn't want to serve in the way that I had been serving for so long because you know this piece of my
1: life now it's so hard to describe when you're it's it's your child oh yeah well you know and and too it 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 seems that people who are on a spiritual Pathway as you are, as as a teacher, as a guide, um, <clears throat> are tested. I think in in a lot of ways a little bit harder than others, because it's sort of like you know you can't counsel if you haven't been through it, and you right. you don't get you don't get a pass just because you're spiritual. You know you're you're <laughs> you're on a you're on a pathway as well, so and you don't get a free pass. So that so that not only do you you have that obligation of serving and helping others but at the same time going through your own process which makes life a little harder sometimes and more isolate. And and yes. so, you know, it it's it's definitely got to be a, a horrendous experience, but you had four or three other children. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they you, were also
2: yeah they were also so he has two brothers i have a son that's thirty and a son that just turned twenty seven and then I have a daughter that's eleven and I have a stepdaughter who's fifteen um but it was it was hard for me because I didn't want to be here you know i w- I was suffering through um feeling this this loss so tremendously, and I knew because I do what i do that if I took my own life. And he told me if I took my own life, um, the trajectory of disaster would be great. Um, And so I knew these things. I knew there was no guarantee that I would be with him. I knew that I'd have to come back again, and I (laughs) I didn't want to come back again. Um, And I had such anger and fear and resentment and sorrow and pain. Um, And so my other children, it was hard, really hard, especially for my youngest daughter, who's 11 to watch her mother go through this and she's very um she's my crystal baby um she is very uh, sensitive very um uh, very much has a lot of empathy and so she could and she's very the thing about this is I always laugh about this because she's very independent but when I was in bed and I couldn't get out of bed to take care of her you know I couldn't get out of bed to make her breakfast and I would just cry 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 she's like Mama, I need you to help me with this, or Mama, I need you to help me with that. And so that was her way of getting me up out of bed and getting me to do things for her that normally she could do. Uh And so I knew that I had to, you know, persevere for my other children. I knew that if anything happened to me, that, you know,
1: that would, it would rip them apart. I, I did know that. Did have any of them experienced Anthony's presence since since
2: he transitioned? Well, everyone in my family has experienced Anthony <laughs> in one way or another, and I laugh because my uh, a lot of my family is not as spiritually open as I. Um, but through losing Anthony, they've all had their own experiences with him, and so it sort of opened their eyes a little bit more. To see that there is so much more to this world than we actually see with our physical
1: eyes, oh absolutely i I love it especially when when people who don't believe have no choice but to believe, you know when they when they get you know smacked in the face with the fact that yep that's them <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, but Anthony had to have been a very spiritual person before the transition. Um, was he into spiritual stuff or was he was he just a free spirit?
2: He was a free spirit. He really wasn't he used to laugh and make fun of my Reiki. He called it Reiki. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but um he always supported me. He would buy me like he bought me my first ganesh and he bought me uh a beautiful Isis goddess before he passed and and he had crystals in his house. And so even though he gave me a hard time because that was just our relationship, he did have this spiritual knowing. And he also had a premonition through a dream that I share in the book that he had about four years before he passed, where he talks about, um, in the dream, there are many doorways for him to go through in this house and, um, he felt this beautiful love and peace when he went through this one particular doorway. And so that experience, that dream, and then he had lost his uh, best friend to suicide in 2016. Those two things, those two points in his life sort of changed him to seeing things more
1: spiritually. So so you have this, this wonderful experience of... of having your son be sort of reborn in spirit to you so that so that you have communication with him. How did you get to the point where you knew that he was there, and what was the purpose of it?
2: Oh, I knew he was there right away, and I tell people all the time I still cry when he comes in and I still cry when he leaves. Um, we're just at... Um, 20 months this month that he'll be gone from the physical. And I still cry every day. I still, you know, not having him in the physical is much different. But I cherish, I really do cherish the time that I spend with him in our connection that we have together. And, you know, there's times when I I call him in and there's times when he just comes in. Uh, but it's a it's a beautiful and, and amazing connection that we have, and, and we don't just have it because we had it in this lifetime. We have had many lifetimes together, as husband and wife, as brother and sister, um, and so this life was as mother and child.
1: Well, I I know you've gone into your your past life experiences with him, but um, you talk a, a little talk a little bit about the contract that you two made with each other before you came back into this lifetime. Okay, yeah, so the contract, like you said earlier,
2: Anthony had his contract, I had my contract, and then we had our contract together. Uh-huh. So Anthony, Anthony's soul made the contract to know that he wasn't going to be here a long time if he completed what he was supposed to complete while he was here. And so his his goal was always to leave early. Um, my goal, it was my, and part of my contract to stay behind. Um, so through a past life regression, I pieced together with him that, uh, we were a husband and wife and I died, um, and he watched me die. And so I now wanted to come back and experience this as part of my contract for my growth, for my expansion of my soul, um, But I argue with him on that point because I tell him it's not the same thing to lose a spouse (laughs) versus a child. Um, And he told me it wasn't only, right, actually he tells me it wasn't only uh, you you agreed to it, but it was your idea. (laughs) So I can't argue with him on that, you know. But I did, I really feel all of these experiences that we all have while we're here, you know, good, bad, and indifferent, um, they are for our soul's expansion, our soul's growth, our we come here to learn, quite earth like to school, and we are here learning and growing and taking that knowledge with us now,
1: again, back
2: to the spirit world like he did.
1: Well, and and spirits have no physicality, and, and in order to learn these lessons, they have to incarnate physically in order to experience them. So um, it, it's it's... And... Our personalities, our ego, are not aware of these contracts because I would never sign a contract like that. Um, That's but, what I but, said. <laughs> but you know, when 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 you're in spirit, you're you're very aware of this is just a singular lifetime. You know, there have been and will be more thousands, millions, maybe, so that it's not as um, it's not, you know, our, our personality for the most part recognizes our frame of reference is for just this lifetime. And so therefore that's all that we're looking at. And and as 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 a spirit, you're aware that this is, it, it's sort of like when we were growing up, remember how we used to get an, another winter coat every year because we outgrew the one before? Yeah. That's kind of what it's like with souls, with spirits. As they evolve lifetime to lifetime to lifetime grew out of that one now I have another one that I'm going to get used to, and I'll grow out of that one too but so so, you two agreed to be here together for what purpose so part of this
2: purpose now um is me writing this book with you know, just a, a, a tiny little part of all that's going to occur over the rest of my lifetime because this is just like the beginning. Is him sharing this message and, and me becoming the teacher. As he's teaching me, I'm teaching others. And so my mm-hmm. growth for my soul, for my soul to expand, grow, and evolve, to see a higher perspective of, and teach that to others while we're here. Um, and it's going to shift and change as I shift and change too um but Anthony always wanted to help change the world, and I think that he's doing that through me now um uh-huh. as, as part of his still his sole purpose uh is helping you know for him but also for me to help change the world as well
1: well, usually souls when they cross over they do go through a period of adjustment and stuff like that. And then they move forward in understanding what they've gathered and applying it and and growing beyond it. And and he has chosen to keep in close contact with you. And and I I thought it was so sweet when, you know, as he was learning how to assimilate to being in a different non-form, how he could actually manipulate the physical stuff in this, you know, in, in the earth reality. Yes, yeah, so I've been amazed.
2: Or... <laughs> I have been amazed, mind blown is a word I like to use a lot, at the way he could manipulate energy. And, you know, he tells me that, you know, energy is very different and not every spirit knows how to communicate to every type of energy, like flickering lights or... EVPs or whatever it is, or showing pictures, you know. So they're learning too, as they're still in spirit. They're learning to sort of play with this energy and see how it how it works for them too.
1: So that was very
2: interesting to
1: me. Well, yeah, I because you know I, I've been aware that, that you know, lots of times spirits can consciously um, communicate, but to actually have the ability to physically move objects and and stuff like that um that's that's rather phenomenal and uh and of course other spirits have other things they have to do so you know it's 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 different strokes for different folks so to speak but he now is this is this going to be a series of books that you're writing or is this a one 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 shot only book
2: No, this is going to be a series. I'm actually working on the next book now. Um, It's funny because everything that he's guided me to do, um, especially, I mean, it was just maybe six months, four months after he passed that he wanted me to start writing this book um, from death to life. And I was like, I can't write a book. You know, I can't even get out of bed. And he'd come in and he'd slam his hand on the bed and he'd say, get up, Mom, we're going to write this book today. And he was very adamant. I'm telling you, he was very adamant about me writing this book. And so I would start to get up and I would write a little bit and I'd go back to bed and I would cry and I would read his journal and I would cry. And he'd say, come on, Mom, we have to do this. And so it was a very tedious process, but I found it to be very cathartic for me. I found it to be very healing. Um, connecting with him daily helped me to raise my frequency, helped me to feel better. Having that strong connection with him um, helped me to push forward and to keep going. And he explained how important it was for me to write the book and share the book. And I was like, are you crazy? I've never even written a book. I don't even know how to write a book. I don't know how to find a publisher. (laughs) Um, And so even though I know what I know and I do what I do, I still found it like, what? I'm going to write a book. Uh, um, I can't write a book. (laughs) Um, But I did it. So I did do everything he asked me to do, I do. Um, But sometimes I do say, are you crazy? Like, how is any of this going to happen? (laughs) Um, But he directed me to my publisher. You know, he directed me to my editor. He's shown me. So he's put in front of me these pieces for me to see, to find these people. And... Uh I've just been amazed, amazed, amazed about when you surrender to all that is how much your life can shift and change.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it it just it seems to me from from reading your book that that he has more there's more planned for you. It isn't just letting people know that that there is life after Death, because of course there is, but there has to be more to it, and it, it feels like he's kind of cueing you in a little at a time as to where he wants you to go and take all of this material. Um, yeah, you know it, how he
2: explains it to me.
1: He shares. He says it's like
2: bits and pieces, like it's like food. Food needs to be digested a little bit at a time. He can't share like, "Hey, mom, we're going from point A to point B. Here you go." It has to be like food digested a little bit at a time, so the book was the first step and getting to that point and going through that grieving process. And then writing the next book, and the next book is full of all these transmissions and deeper understandings and galactic beings and grids and with the earth. and So all these different things now he's guiding me to do. Um, about six months in, he told me we were going to, we should sell our business and take our show on the road. And he said, T- you need to talk to Tim, that's my husband, and-, and tell him to sell the business and, you know, you're going to go on the road. And, <laughs> and I was like, he's never going to sell it." like I argue with him, you know. <laughs> that was our relationship when he was here. But so I'd be like, what? Like, so I said, he's never going to sell the business. There's no way he's going to sell the business. Um, and so my husband came home one night and I said, Anthony says that uh, we should sell the business and take our show on the road. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And I was like, what?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> how is any of this going to happen? And so since your ego, even for me, like you said earlier, it does get like, how are we going to do this? We have an 11-year-old. How are we going to make all of this work? And and when you step out of the way and you do surrender, um I'm always amazed at how everything just falls into place so easily for you.
1: Yeah, it really does, and and <laughs> it, it does. It does seem as though um, he he definitely has a lot of things that he wants to share from the other side. Did did he at any time give you the description of what the process was leaving the body and? Did he describe to you what it was like over there? I mean, that's what everybody's going to want to know. It's, I know it's not, you know, a big um, celestial rest home, but did he talk <laughs> about what the other side was like and, and, you know, was there a tunnel, was there a light? Did he give you an explanation of what he went through?
2: He did because... Uh even through, so for me, because I was still in such shock and I could think he was okay, I reached out to my soul sisters who I work with in Sedona. We're the Sedona soul sisters, and there's four of us. And so I I texted them right away, and I explained what happened, and they said, you know, you have to let me know he's okay. I'm hearing he's okay, but I, I'm not really fully understanding this all yet. And so they both they texted me back, and they said, He's okay, he actually he he transitioned very quickly, um but anthony so anthony the the personality didn't know what was going on. Anthony was very shocked he he thought he just had a flu or something, so for Anthony, he was very shocked to i mean he was telling me that you know paramedics were working on him in the room, and so through him sharing this with me, I was able to go back to Dan, his roommate who was there, and tell him, Anthony said this, this, and this. And he said, yeah, that's what happened. And so he was yelling at Dan that he wasn't dead. He's not. I'm not dead, Dan. I'm not dead. And Dan obviously couldn't hear him. Um, yeah. But as he started floating further away, and he did see this beautiful light, and he said he felt this um, unconditional love and, and peace with him but he did mourn. He could still he had still had such a connection to us. But he was very drawn to go to the light and um, my grandparents met him and it was just it was beautiful the way he described it to
1: me. Well you 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 speak about seeing him. Do you actually see him or is it in your mind's eye you're seeing him? How does that Visual. I've
2: had a, so yeah, I'm not as clairvoyant. I'm very clairsentient, which is clair. I feel him a lot in my body. I'm clairaudience, which I hear him. My clairvoyance is not as strong. So I I have on occasion seen him physically in front of me, and I have Uh on occasion um, seen him in my mind's eye. And he comes to me in dreams every month around his anniversary of his passing. So I've had 20 dreams of him so far, and I keep track of each one. Um, I make sure I wake up, and I I keep track, and I write it down. Every month on or near that date, he visits me in a dream. Um, But what was so spectacular to me, because I'm also just a baby here learning all of this experience, Um, he when he first presented to me, and from when he presented to me three months down the road and even further, His colors changed when in the beginning when he presented to me. I could see him all in white and his long flowing. He had long hair, long, beautiful hair flowing. And as he grew and shifted um, his aura and his colors, he became more uh, white and gold and his Uh aura changed. It was almost so bright it was hard to look at. Um, But his, oh, he was so beautiful. It's just. So he has showed me as I was progressing and he was progressing as well.
1: Well, that's it's a wonderful pairing. Absolutely. Now, is he the only spirit that you communicate with?
2: No, no, not at all. Um, when I was going through an extreme, difficult divorce, uh, my grandmother had come to me early on. But I have all spirits come in all the time. I have to set a lot of boundaries on. So I'm sure you do, um, because you know, as a medium, I've and as a child, I was always open to this. Um, so I, I've, I've communicated with many, many spirits. But uh, right now, Anthony is my strongest guide, and he's brought me other um, galactic um, beings as well to come in and, and to communicate with as well. So I, I have a whole team, as we all do. So it's nice to uh but I always feel like Anthony is this um this beautiful like protector. He he's definitely my protector.
1: Well oh absolutely and it it sounds like he's gonna be there for the rest of your life, which is really kind of unusual <laughs> but very cool. Um yeah. I know that, that that you know, having having a a relative be someone that close to you. There has to be a true purpose, and and obviously it's a teaching purpose um, about spirituality and and expansion of soul and spirit and stuff like that. And and it's it's does did has he given you any idea as to what humanity is going through at this present time? Yes, he shared a lot. Actually, even before um,
2: the virus started, he had explained uh-huh. to me that thousands and thousands of souls would leave after him, and I didn't understand it at that time. And he told me that there was going to be a virus and that we would get sick, but we would all be okay. And uh before the virus got here, supposedly, um, my husband, my daughter, and I, oh, Goal got very deathly sick, um, and it was the weirdest sickness we've ever had. Um, So I could just say that it probably was the virus. uh, Uh But, you know, so he shared some of that with me, but he's also shared the the deeper spiritual uh, meaning behind all of this, and it really was to help awaken a lot of people. This time of awakening for our planet I mean, there's more, I read somewhere the, just the other day that there are more channels and, uh, mediums and spiritual beings that are on this planet now than there ever have been. And um, so I thought that was really interesting. And because we are going through this awakening and because a lot of my clients are coming in and they're starting to explain these things that they're not understanding. So like they may see, feel, hear some, you know, they can't just, you know, Explain away, like, you know, there's no, so they're having a hard time, but they're starting to open spiritually, so they'll come in and we'll talk about it. And this period of awakening that we're having is just amazing. Um, he's talked a lot about uh the golden era. Um, uh-huh. I had not heard that before, and so he talked a lot about we're going into this golden era, and things will look much differently for us than they have been before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we are coming into a time where humanity as a whole is becoming more and more aware of spirit and spirituality and you know, the, the, the purpose of the journey that we're on here on this planet. And probably for oh a thousand years or so you know we we will be growing more and more and more and more aware of the different dimensions and and all of that amazing material so that so that yeah i'm 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 just so impressed with the fact that that you have you know someone on the other side that can sort of steer you around some of the um speed bumps that are probably out there for us because it has to be a learning process it has to be a um when you're working with spirit like this there are most probably times in which there's a testing that goes on to make sure that you are still to the level of the vibration that you're supposed to be at in order to share this information with others right so you must and it is very that important that i these- keep <laughs> it's funny you know i I
2: had yeah i had someone say to me once it's almost as if you're like half in this dimension and half in another dimension all the time because it was just like i was catapulted when when he left into this other dimension all the time um and so for me it's very important that i keep my frequency up so that i'm able to be at the best that i can be And, Uh and i am still human i go through my process um I can tell you that as my husband and I went on the road now, we bought an RV, and we're traveling the country, and right now we're in South Carolina. But um, as we came up through Arizona, we went through his town, and uh, the last time I was in Flagstaff was 20 months ago when I went to pick up his ashes, so I haven't been able to go back. Um, And there were so many emotions that came up for me, and I still have so much healing to do around that pain. Um, but uh-huh. it was really beautiful to have him on this journey with me now, um, you know, going through that and, and showing me, you know, all the signs that he gave me that we're on the right track of what we're doing. Because when you tell people you're doing something like this, they think you're crazy.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But I I, I have been there. <laughs> I, I call people like you um, bridge walkers. Um, you, you walk the mm-hmm. bridge between... Um, this world and the next, or this reality and the next, and you stay in the middle of the bridge, and you have a foot in each in each dimension, so to speak. And um, yeah, I like that. that. That seems accurate. It's 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 a very exciting place to be, and and you know nobody should seek this because it's usually devastating when you lose whoever you lose that you you know, you you link to, and then you become a bridge walker, so that so that there is a sense of um, of, of being aged in, in a spiritual way that is, that is important in that you can give more accurate information to people, yet it's a very painful thing to do. Um, you know, being psychic is, is all well and good and fun and, and being a medium and a channel, all well and fun and, and safe. But, but you get to a certain place where you, you grow beyond it, and when you grow beyond it, there are growing pains. There is no doubt about it. And yeah. those aren't fun. I mean, the result the end result is, is blissful, but man, those growing pains sure do hurt.
2: Yeah, I've always said I've had a really hard life and um I'd like
1: the rest of it to be
2: very <laughs> very <laughs> much easy. <laughs> you know, I wanted clarification that the rest of my children would be okay, that nobody else would leave. You know, I made these mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'll do you want me to write the book? I'll write the book, but I have to know that, you know, my other children are going to be okay because, you know, a blow like this, I, I just have to say, I, it, it shook me to the core. Um, having a sick child sort of prepared me for that because, like I said, we did almost lose her a few times, but then losing a child, it's something that, you know, for me and everybody experiences grief differently and, I just know I'm still, you know, very early in the process. It's only 20 months, so I'm very still, you know, early in this grieving process. And so my emotions still are very raw and unfiltered. And I think that a lot of that came across in the book, and I think that's why it's so relatable to a lot of people is because it is so raw. I shared my deepest and darkest feelings about suicide and about, you know, losing him and, uh so I think that that's why it's very relatable to a lot of people.
1: Well, I think also, and, and it's not the case with everyone, but it, it certainly was with you, that that looking into past life connections to see where the pattern came forward in time for this lifetime seems to be very beneficial for you.
2: Yes, yeah, that's what I love about past life regression, spiritual hypnosis. It's you know, and it doesn't have to be the death of someone. It can be, you know, a fear that you have or, a, a, you know, if you're controlling or abusive. It, it can help and heal so many different things on so many levels that when you have this understanding. Um, And for me, it still did give me that deeper understanding. Um, like I said, he speaks a lot of this higher perspective. And so for me, it's seeing things from from this higher perspective now. And so seeing everything in your life from this higher perspective, which is sometimes difficult to do when you're a woman.
1: Well, and it, it also is hard to stay in that that flow when you have to do laundry and you have to do grocery shopping and you have to do all of the normal things that that we have to do to to stay functional in this reality. It's not like you can, you know, sit in the lowest position in home. Um, you. you <laughs> You have children to take care of, and you have a husband to take care of, and and you know there there's a, you're serving a purpose, but there's still life that must be led, so that so that you know you're. I, I think what what people often forget about when 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 they when people like you tell your story and stuff that that you had this experience and it was horrible and you've grown from it and that's amazing and what you're doing with your life is amazing also, but. You still have a lifetime to live, as well. I mean, you know, while you have a contract with, with, um, with him, absolutely, you also have a contract for yourself that must be fulfilled. And yes, I, I think you know that you have that duality that you have to work with. It sometimes has to be difficult. It is. Is For me, it's, a, it's an adjustment, even though, I, like I said, it's for
2: me, it's easier to leave my body and go to other dimensions, and that's just something that I've never had fear about, but it was very natural for me. But a lot of the time, it can be a lot, you know. Sometimes you don't want to do it, and sometimes, you know, you want to fight it, and it's like, you know, I just don't feel like doing that today, and... And so I try to really give myself grace. Um if I'm grieving and it's a particularly difficult day, I just try to um do what I need to do for my family or do what I need to do for my daughter and you know or do what I need to do for me and if that sometimes take time away to be by myself, I, I I do that too. So I really learned how to um sort of <laughs> be human um but still, you know, allow myself to 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 live my purpose. And I know there's so much more. I mean, I can feel that there's so much more that I need to do while I'm here. Um, so that is that driving force behind me. Um, so when I get into that heavier grieving, you know, process, like I I was like that at the holiday, it was just our second Christmas, um, without him. The first Christmas, I think we were just totally in shock. Um, but the second Christmas, it was more, I was mad, um, and I didn't want to do Christmas. I didn't want to celebrate. I have, why are all you people celebrating? And so I had all these feelings around it. And, again, I have a young child, you know, so I have to sort of, I'm forced to then again, you know, celebrate and, and enjoy for her, you know, as well as I should be for myself. But I also have to allow myself then to give myself the, the grace that I need to have my time to allow that grieving process what is it about this? It's the emotions? what's these emotions that I'm having behind this, and so I always try to give myself that time to process what's coming through for me now
1: Mhm well I know in your in your book too, you mentioned which which I was fascinated with in i mean you you actually negotiated the contract with him and and at one point, I believe you said something like you know, I, before you incarnated, before you even incarnated and, and then, of course, him. But you, you actually negotiated that you would have to have children or a child to take care of after he left because otherwise you would you would probably take your own life.
2: Yes, because I had intuitively known that for me, this life lesson now, um, I had taken my own life and another life. So for me, uh-huh. it's very important that I stay here and do this. And so I in my contract, I was able to find out, it was very detailed, very, very detailed, um, that I would have a young child so that I knew. You know, my older children, they're self-sufficient. They've lived on their own for years, but I have a young child. Um, so uh-huh. for me, that was part of the contract before I came to be Terry Ann, that I would have a young child to take care of because I knew that I would have to that would force me to stay. Um, so that was part of that contract as well. So also, you've she's got, an
1: amazing, amazing
2: healer too.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was. I was just going to say that um, she feels as though she has talents and gifts as well. Um, but you also have a husband. Who is he involved in any of this, or does he just trust and 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 you know flow with the energy?
2: So, my husband and I have been together for seven years. Um, he's not as spiritually open as me, but he's come so far since Anthony has passed. Um, he's mm-hmm. had his own experiences with Anthony. And I mean, he's seen me at my darkest. Um, and he prayed to Anthony to help me through those experiences. And I have to share this story. It's just so amazing. Um, so we went on the road. And um, my husband is an RV transporter now. That business sort of just fell into his lap. Oh, yeah, um, I say mm-hmm. that jokingly. Um, but his first delivery when we got on the road, we were in Texas. And his dispatcher called him, and he was delivering an RV to Anthony, Texas. Oh, my. Um, and so there's only, I looked it? it up, and there's only like 10 cities in the United States that are named Anthony. And his first delivery was to Anthony,
1: Texas. Well, you know those those kinds of, of they're called coincidences, but there is no such thing <laughs> as a coincidence. they just I'm sorry, they No, isn't. I don't
2: believe so. <laughs>
1: I mean, co- I mean, what what people call coincidences are spirits taking an active part in your physical reality. And it happened.
2: Yeah, and, and so it, it, he he wanted us to know that there, if there was any doubt in my husband's mind, if there was if any doubt about what we're doing and why we're doing it, and that he is still very present, there should be no more doubt. And that that experience was really changing for him. It really helped him to like, like question, like, like, oh my gosh, like. This isn't just a coincidence. There's no way that this could be just a coincidence. (laughs) And so we've been laughing about that lately.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's, I mean, that he had the faith to sell his business and go on the road is is a testimony to his faith in you and and Anthony and and the... uh, journey that you're on and and uh you know whether he talks it or not he has to be to a to a great degree also is spiritually oriented to not question but to just follow um that's a remarkable person
2: he is he is my soulmate he we really sort of trust like he trusts me like you said Um, I said, this is going to sound crazy, like we have to sell the, you know, Anthony said we should sell the business, and and he's like, okay. I'm like, oh, my God. um, But it's really he trusts what I'm telling him, and he's learned because of his experiences now. Um, Before my Uh near-death experience, I had a premonition that I was going to go into cardiac arrest. And two weeks before, I was deathly ill with an upper respiratory infection, and I said to him, I think I'm going to go into cardiac arrest. I had a vision, and I need you to watch me. And he sort of laughed it off because he was like, he thought I was being overdramatic. And two weeks later <laughs> to the day, I went into cardiac arrest. He, he gave me a little thing on my daughter's albuterol. And I went into cardiac arrest and they called 911. And, and so he saw there's no way that she could have known that without mm-hmm. knowing that, you know. So he started to see things and, and move into Sedona. Um, you know how that all played out, and so he started to see things, you know, and to surrender to what he was being shown without questioning how, why, what, when, where, um, like he did in the beginning.
1: Do you have any? Uh, you, you know, your experience is is such um, a testimony to faith, and and it, it will it will help certainly tons of people who have. Lost children feel more comfortable. Comfortable is not the right word, but but will understand perhaps a little bit better um, the process that has gone on. Are you going to do any workshops or anything like that to sort of share your experiences with others who have had a same type of experience? Possibly, obviously, maybe not with them coming back, but but the contractual part, the fact that. This is an agreement that was made before you incarnated. That that this is this is important for souls' evolution, um, and, and help them to understand that uh, that there most probably will be connection at another time in another place. Obviously, with that same soul energy.
2: Yes, absolutely. There's so much work that I have in the work. It feels so important. I mean, you know, being a mother, you have this connection with your child I mean it's Mm -hmm. an amazing amazing connection they talk about mother's intuition and when you're pregnant and having this bond and you can feel things that your child feels and so I think when we have this connection with our children and then all of a sudden now this child's no longer here and I think Mm -hmm. why a lot of people seek me out is because they want to find that understanding I want to know that my child's okay. I don't I want to know that my child's not alone. I want to know that my child's not afraid. Um and so they're looking and how do I understand this because it's really to be honest not understandable as a human to again question why we're here without our children. There is a bigger purpose spiritually absolutely for sure. There's a bigger purpose behind what this is. And so a lot of people are starting to seek that out. For me, and just reading the book and understanding that we do have these contracts and why these contracts are so important to our soul's expansion and what your child's role was in this, you know, because your child has a role in this as well. I truly believe our children, our spouses, our parents, all those people in our soul group, they come into this earth plane with us together and, and for us to learn and grow. Oh, absolutely. And it just, it,
1: it just, seems that, that you know, you have the ability to um, tap in and, and to let them know that they are, you know, they are, uh, there's someone with them, someone has met them. Um, I once found that, that, that a friend of mine who passed away, and she said to me, you know, will you go into the tunnel with me? And I said, sure, because I didn't think I could. So I said, yeah, of course I mm-hmm. said, sure. And at and, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, I found myself standing in the tunnel with her, <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, I, I, I guess you're dead, and she said, yeah, and there's nobody here, and I said, you yeah, know, well, we'll, we'll just wait, and we went a little ways, and we waited, and then we could see a light bouncing down the tunnel, and I said, well, it looks like something's coming, and the next thing I knew, I was being jumped all over by this amazing Labrador retriever, who was very happy to see me, <laughs> and her, and... You know, I, I said, one would have expected a spirit guide or something, but I'll take a dog. And, and she laughed and she said, I think I'm okay now. And, and she went forward with a dog. And when I woke up, one would say, well, what a cute dream, except I was covered with dog spit. So mm. it. it and, and I don't have a dog. I have cats. You know, they looked at me like, and where have you been? You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but but it was it it was you know everyone is cared for and and i did a long time ago a a show with people who had um had near death experiences and and one young lady who had committed well tried to commit suicide um she stopped the show dead in its tracks when she was saying you have to understand i was pulled out of body i was floating towards a light and i she said, I wasn't supported by love or surrounded by love or anything like that. She said, I was love. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all caught our breath because that's a lot more than, you know, being in love, having love, being surrounded and embraced by love, to be the element of love at that point. And she said, and I didn't want to let go of that feeling. And of course, she did. She came back, but um, I think the the thing that that I have found that people who have experiences like you do, um, their lives of course have changed dramatically for the rest of their life, and that there is a almost a, a pilgrimage to helping other people understand things that have given them pain so that there's a, 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 the purpose of your life has changed dramatically because of this experience. Yes, absolutely.
2: And, I, you know, I was really surprised, even though I'm an energy healer, I was really surprised because I had never lost anybody. Like my grandparents were, you know, well into their 80s and 90s when they passed. You know, you could sort of say, they had a, a great, long, beautiful life, and so. But I was really surprised at the physical amount of pain in my body that I had from the mm-hmm. emotional and. Um. Mental pain that I was suffering, and so what I teach now for a lot of my clients is helping with energy healing to to alleviate some of that pain, especially in the chest and the lungs, and and it was like, you know, somebody would be sitting on my chest and a lot of my clients uh, explain the same sort of feelings. Um, so through energy healing, we could sort of help move some of that energy, lighten it up a little bit so they almost feel like they can breathe a little easier, if that makes sense. Um, so I think for me, you know, just sharing that with people alone, that little specific plus, um, part of it about energy healing is so important because we all have the ability we all have the ability to um, have this access to the divine, the truth. But if mm-hmm. we could just put our ego in check long enough to be able to access it, um, I always say, uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And so uh, I think that's, you know, a lot about what's being taught now. And people are looking for that. What is? Why am I here? What is this deeper understanding. I'm searching for something. I don't know where I'm going in life, or you know, whatever it is. But this awakening that we're upon now um, is oh, so yeah. life changing for so many people. And,
1: and dealing with the ego is something that that all of us wrestle with constantly. And and it's sort yes. of like I there, there are times there used to be a a thing about. Um, people who had um, habitual spending problems, and one of the things they were supposed to do is, is say, do I want this or do I need this? And mm-hmm. y- y- you can apply it to your life and the direction you're going um, as well. And, and, and also you can switch it around so that is this my spirit talking to me or my ego talking to me? Because your ego yeah. is, is, is rather selfish and your spirit is not at all. And and so that if you can if you can figure out who it is you're listening to, you can make appropriate choices. Um and, and Yeah, I you know, always like- say that the way I okay. hear it
2: sometimes is like if I say, "Oh, my hair looks horrible today." <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> just a simple example, but that that's my ego speaking. You know, "My hair looks horrible today." So uh, when spirit is talking or your higher self is speaking, it's always like you are beautiful. You know what I mean? It's just so different. I the way I hear it that is spoken.
1: Oh so yeah, I, that's
2: how I can differentiate. Yeah,
1: and and I think when we get in one of those downward spirals, um, the ego gets the best of us. You know, it's like you know you're not worth it. You know, um, you'll never do right. this. It won't work. You're going to be a failure. Yada yada, and and you know. Uh, I I literally just talk to my ego and tell it to go to a movie or something. That you know <laughs> mm-hmm. I have other things to do. And and um, but I've been doing this for a very long time, so it's very easy for me to do. But for for people who are are in in depression and in in grief and and stuff like that, it, it's hard because you're dealing with a situation that rips your heart out. Exactly like you said, it rips your heart out. And um, yeah, I, I think something that people have to understand is your your heart really can't be ripped. It can't be broken. It can be bruised, but 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 it can't mm-hmm. be ripped out. Yeah, you know, and and um, the energy around you and around your heart. Um, a lot of times, it's a need to understand the process that you're involved in, and uh, there have been. Times when I mean, my sister just lost her husband two months ago, and she's been doing beautifully, oh, and she finally had a she finally had a down day, and she said i don 't understand this, I thought I was doing so well i you are you're doing a remarkable job and I said that wave of grief, that tsunami that is overwhelming you don't fight it, just flow with it, cry it, cry, you know do the crying if you have to do it, and then when you're done. Give yourself a chocolate treat and get on with life. But, you know, I think yeah. sometimes. I always say. Sometimes...
2: Go ahead. I always say grief is like an ocean. There, there's no bottom. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> like, there would be things I would be doing and I'd be going on about my day and it would hit me out of nowhere, you know. Again, thinking I was doing good, too, for that day, and I'm you know, and it just could hit you. And then it, some days it takes you under and you have to come up and try to get your breath again. And, mm-hmm. but I did, I had to cry. I had to let those emotions, you know, come out and be released and rise to the surface. And, um, crying, you know, is a great way to do that to release some of that heavier pain. It, it
1: absolutely does. And, and a good cry every now and then is good for people, it relieves stress. And, um, I mm-hmm. know that, that, um, in those times in my life when when i've had things happen that were difficult you know I, I i give a good cry and and you know you're you're washed out literally afterwards but you know take take a hot bath with epsom salts and and or shower or whatever you know is a comfort thing for you and realize that okay you got it out and it's better to get it out than to hold it in because when you hold it in it 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 turns ugly inside of you. So, it's there's yeah. nothing wrong with having a good cry. As as a matter of fact, I think everybody should on a, on a pretty regular basis. I mean, don't schedule it on the calendar, but you know, if if tears are flowing, whether it's because of a a mushy movie or somebody does something sweet to you, letting the tears flow is a very good way of getting rid of stress that you hold inside of you. And um, you know, don't don't. Take it to extremes, but you know, it, it is definitely some, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong for a man to cry. Nothing wrong for a woman to cry.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
1: Absolutely, I think it's wonderful when to you let hold, it out. Yeah, and but when you hold it in, it easily can either, it can turn into pain. It can turn into, you know, a dysfunction of some sort, and 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 then you have a disease within yourself. So. Um let it out and and it does feel as though you know Anthony certainly has been amazing around you and um it 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 almost feels sometimes you know as as I was reading the book that that he was feeling almost impatient with you, kind of like you know snap out of a week <laughs> of work to do I mean I'm not yeah sure he is much saying. more uh
2: no he is much more um harder on me you know than my mom like he has more compassion for my mom because you know she's older and she's not as spiritual but me he's like come on we got work to do stop fooling around you know you know I'm here you know I'm always here and and I'm like but you don't understand how hard it is to be here and be a human we have an ongoing disagreement you know it's that I'm never going to understand the way he feels and he's never going to understand the way I feel because it's it is such a devastating blow to to a, a human mother to lose her child. And so oh, we, yeah. we have this ongoing disagreement about it. But, uh, you know, we agree to disagree. And he has become very impatient with me at times because he knows that I know. You know, he knows that I know everything that I know about the spirit world. And why am I not? <laughs> why am I still going through this? He just said to me the other day at his uh, 19 month uh, anniversary dream that I had I was crying and I was in the dream I was really crying really grieving and I was journaling and that's how sometimes I release some of my heaviness and my grief I I go into a meditative state and I journal about it and uh, he took my pen in my dream and he wrote in big letters at peace all these exclamation points (laughs) (laughs) and he says you need to be at peace, and um, um, I woke up, you know, crying. And I'm trying; I really am trying. Um, but so sometimes, as as much as Spirit can feel
1: impatient or <laughs> frustrated that he feels with me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's he's 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 new to the other side too. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I find it fascinating. You know, you have you have quite a. An entourage of other spirits that that you 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 contact and that you work through um I was looking at it you know you work through angels and Archangel Michael and mother mary and as, as the galactic guys um, it's when when they contact you when you work through them, is the energy different
2: yes. Yeah. Uh, When when I work with a galactic being, the energy is much more intense for me. Um, But it's very, it's overwhelming. I do cry as well. It's this feeling that I've never felt. It's like sort of when Anthony comes in, but it's very, uh, it takes your breath away. And it's very um, much, I, I just feel this, it's like huge expansion in my heart space it is just it's so overwhelming it just like takes your breath away and it's so beautiful mother mary i was raised very strict catholic um, so mother mary i was taught about mother mary and and so i've always had this connection with mother mary and mother mary comes to me often and uh very much a very nurturing loving caring um feeling that i get always very um nurturing so their their energies are all very
1: different now, do they speak with you, or do you just hear? Uh, can, because often I will hear voices that I can tell who it is, and then other times it's it's a voice that I don't recognize, and yet information is coming from that voice. So how, how, do, how do these people come through?
2: Yeah, so sometimes it's through maybe a spiritual hypnosis that I'm doing that a galactic being will come through. Other times... It's, um, through just a meditative state. Um, sometimes I could just be sitting here and, and someone may, you know, come in. And so, it's just, I just find it's all so beautiful and different. And I don't try to put any parameters around it. It's it's just, every experience is so different for me.
1: You have, you have one heck of a journal, obviously. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's it, yeah, you know, along with along with all of the spiritual information. I mean, you have the material that that he's giving you, and, and now with some channels, the person who is receiving the information just takes dictation, and with others, it's a conversation that you have to write down afterwards. How does it work with you?
2: I've done both ways, actually. So most times I am writing it down.
1: Okay.
2: I just you know, for me, like the information comes through like so quick, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, wait, you know, like I, you know, so I try to, to write really quickly when I am channeling information.
1: Yeah, I because often, after I channel I often, too,
2: I I don't always remember it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I I have mm-hmm. often found that that I forget punctuation and capital letters, so you know you have to go back and and reread it and try to figure out what you were saying.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: which, which which can be Spirit speak,
2: speaks. They and they speak so quickly too. Sometimes you know, and so it's like you know. And so for me, yeah, definitely writing is the key for me because I would. Forget like and sometimes it's funny because when I drive a lot, I have the the radio off and we've been driving a lot, um, so I'm in that meditative state,
1: mm-hmm. and I'll
2: start hearing things and you know and somebody's there with me and and so it's like, um I have to find like a way to get maybe one of those voice recorders or something to, <laughs> I'm like I, I, there's no way I'm gonna be able to remember
1: all of this. <laughs> well, doesn't your cell phone have a recorder on it? It
2: probably does, but I use it for the navigation, oh okay, <laughs> so I've, I've had yep. the, you know the the g p s on but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I could do it well the. i yeah, I don't think
1: I could do it while well, the g p s is on now how how much travel do you have you know ahead of you with with all of this are i have you crossed the country are you going to in particular areas how how are you dealing with where you're being sent so to speak
2: um so about two years ago so that was before anthony even crossed i started to get these zip codes when i was meditating all these different zip codes and i didn't understand what they were at that time sometimes for me information comes through much earlier and i don't always understand it right away um Mm -hmm. so i always I, i write everything down and so these zip codes started coming through and, uh, you know, obviously, writing the first book, that was took a lot of my time. As I'm writing the second book, and as Anthony told me we are going to start going around the road, I started piecing all these things together. And so these zip codes um, are places that I'm going to. And so we started in Arizona. That's our home base. We live in Sedona. And so uh, we're, we went to Texas, and we're over in South Carolina now. We're going to Asheville, where my husband comes from. And Asheville, I don't know if you know, but it's, it's built, like, on this crystal bed in the earth. Yes. Yeah. And so uh-huh. we were directed to go to Asheville together. And I had a dream about doing a uh, heart healing activation on my husband by my husband's spirit guide. And so we did that, and then we're going to be going to Asheville to do some work there and some grid work, which has to do with – um Connecting the crystals in the earth is what they're showing me with the stars in the in the sky and the planets, and so mm-hmm. doing this grid work around it. So there's so much, so much, so much that comes through. But there's the a zip code, so we, we're gonna follow what the zip codes say. But we're also taking time to promote the book and to enjoy the space that we're in too, so that we have like. It's really freeing, I have to say. We have no set plan. It's like, oh, we want to stay here. We can stay here. Oh, we want to go here. We can go. Like I've already changed our reservations like a hundred times. We've just been on the road, uh, probably about, uh, almost a month now.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, uh,
2: they wanted me to go up to upstate New York and to Oklahoma and to Asheville. And there's a bunch of other ones, uh, Across, all over the country so you know in between doing that we're trying to find some time to also have fun which he keeps reminding me of, it is also about us having fun it's about us connecting as a family and really living that that freeing lifestyle and having fun he wants me to remember to have fun. oh yeah
1: no there's there's a great deal of joy connected to spirituality and and an understanding of spirituality and and you know it's light and and um it's light and enlightenment, and and there is a, a a joy when when you get into that flow and you feel a part of it. So, and is your eleven year old with you? Or
2: she is. She actually. So the vision I was given about to go was going on the road, um, and doing healing work across the country and with her by my side. I really feel for her and I, we have a deep, amazing connection. And uh-huh. I I always say as much as I'm here to teach her, she is teaching me so much. She's so far advanced. Um It was really funny because before we left for our trip, my coworker, my daughter came to me and she said, I want her to do a star seed awakening on me. And I'm like, how do you, where have you heard the term Starseed Awakening? And she's like, I don't know, I just thought about it and I wanted her to do it. So I asked her and I said, would you do a Starseed Awakening on Sophia? And, you know, what would that look like? And she said, sure, we can do that. So in preparation for our trip, she had a Starseed Awakening. And because she's so carefree and, and outgoing they went and they did all these things working in the energy of Sedona. They went to some vortexes. They shopped for some crystals. They did some activations in some energy grids in the earth. And so that was her, really her first, like, really, like, you know, that starseed, where that starseed word came from.
1: Well, I so mean, sort of for her, artists. it's like this
2: remembrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I, we are stardust beings ourselves, so mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's another aspect of awareness and consciousness that, that everybody has but not many people know to activate, so that that was pretty special. Unless she's
2: 11, and so that I would not have been that, or I, I didn't have, if I did, I didn't, wouldn't have had anybody who could have taught me about that um, at that time, mm-hmm. but for her... So our contract for her, you know, as a starseed and, and for me to teach her. But she's teaching me so much in this this growth period now, too. So, yeah, she's here. So she's going to be doing some work with me. And she actually wants to write her own book. She actually writes, wants to write a couple of books. But the one book she wants to write is for children who have suffered, uh, gone through grief. And it's called Someone I, Live, Someone I Love Lives in Heaven and it's a book for children, and it's a book by a child about grief. And then she has other loves and passions, such as cooking, so she wants to write cookbooks. And so she's doing all that, and, and it's amazing to watch her her grow as she, you know, she sees me doing promoting of my book. She wants to do her book, and how would we do a cover? And all, so her interest is very varied. It's very, uh, she just, she blows me away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well having a cool kid like that is 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 sort of fun so so you've got you've got two spiritual children working on you from mm-hmm. one from the physical and one from the spiritual um and and it yeah. does it 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 appears that you know you're really cranking right along with with the what the contract holds. Have you looked at what the contract holds for you in the future? Are you allowed to do that?
2: I have something really interesting and maybe you can expand upon this if you. So, uh, recently, uh, not this last visit dream that I told you about, the dream visit before, uh, uh-huh. was I had a dream that all of my, so we were, all of my children and myself, including Anthony, was in this room and it was, it looked like similar to a library and all of my children were there and all of my children were graduating and we were all signing contracts to ascend and or graduate, if you will, at different levels. And so we were actually rewriting our contracts, and I could see, you know, every child agreed to rewriting their contract, as well as Anthony and I. Um, uh-huh. So I woke up from that dream, like, just, like, flabbergasted, like, what? Oh, my gosh, like, is this possible? Like, it opened all these questions for me. Can we rewrite our contract? Is this something that's possible? Um, and so... What Anthony has explained to me, and I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, maybe you can expand upon it, uh, that, yes, we are able to rewrite. Because of the work that Anthony and I have done now, we have been able to rewrite our contracts. And so the other it, kids as well.
1: well. Well, it feels like you completed your contract. And, you know, not mm-hmm. that he's going anywhere because he's not, but... um I, I would say that, that the contract he came in with has been completed. So rewriting mm-hmm. it makes a great deal of sense. Um yeah. but my question was <laughs> if you rewrite your contract, are you aware of what you're rewriting it for? Because it's your spirit yeah. rewriting it so <laughs> it's your spirit writing it, not your not your um not your ego.
2: Not Terry, so, right. That's Harry Ann.
1: Yeah, so, so, so whatever spiritually you rewrote it for, I, I think we should be able to peek at that from time to
2: time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um,
2: it's, it's interesting. It, it all fascinates me, and I don't think we'll ever know until we're again in spirit. You know, people always want to have all these answers to everything, and I'm like, I don't think we're ever going to know everything. You know, even as much work as we do, I think we're always working. Um so we move on. We we we're, we're
1: doing our work. Yeah, and and you know, it it I I think there's a reason why we are not allowed to know, but but I think it's mm-hmm. not fair. Um I I know that um, Me too. <laughs> my late husband and I disagreed about reincarnation. I of course believe in it and he did not. And we finally got to the point where I said, "I tell you what, whoever goes first will find out." and we'll come back and tell the other one. And he said, right. yeah, you know, sure, I'll do that. And, I, and, and, of course, he was the first to go. <clears throat> and I haven't heard from him, so I'm pretty sure I'm right. Because <laughs> <laughs> no way he would have come forward and said, yeah, you were right. <laughs> See you next time. Right. <laughs> but but um, it, it just, it, it doesn't, I understand the reason for it because we're here to learn, to grow through the challenges that we agreed to have put in front of us. And if we knew what the challenges were, there would be no point to the challenge. I get all that. But it just seems that, that with all the work you've done, you should have been able to have a peek at something. Um, yeah, and
2: I think for me it'll it'll come in as I go on because I think, I, I do think, you know, we have the ability, like, had I not chosen to stay, had I not chosen to do the work? You know, there's there's so many variables that come into this. Um, there's so many scenarios that could have played out because we do have, you know, free will in a sense, too. Um, so it, it's interesting when you think about, I could, you know, think about forever. Like, my husband's just like, I want to know what we're having for dinner. And you're over here pondering, you know, <laughs> the world.
1: <laughs> well, Yeah but but it it's sort of like you you're absolutely right we have free will and you didn't have to do this work and you didn't have to write this book you ha- you could have chosen to not you know he right. could have stood on his head and and you know juggled in spirit and you could have said i don't think so so yeah. um you know, you, you did. There was a there was a part of you. You're probably the spirit part, not the ego part, because the ego was very unhappy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But but you you could have um, said, I don't think so. And and that you didn't is a testimony to you know your ability to pull yourself out of grief in order to argue a lot, obviously, but but still get on <laughs> with it. So, and I think that's normal. I think most mothers would, you know. It's kind of like, you know, give me a hint, give me a direction, tell me something. I want a hug, and and I think right. that to that to me is probably the biggest part. Um, and I think there ought to be a law that you get at least one hug, um, just so that you know for sure. And I know you've been embraced Absolutely. by energy, but that's yeah. a, a hug is very different. From embraced my energy. Right, they're both lovely, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it it just seems that there should be a way that that he could give you something that you would be able to to physically put a finger on and say, "Aha, he was here." Now he did. Was it slam a door or drop a book on a table or, or close a book or something very loudly?
2: Yeah, he's done several things, and they, actually, one night I was under a horrific, horrific dark attack. It was a, I was having a nightmare, and I was in that uh, like paralysis state. Like actually, my husband was sleeping. and I was like leaning over my husband, trying to talk and breathe and get these words out for him to help me. And the smoke alarms in the house started going off, the fire alarm, and we jumped up out of bed. I was dizzy. I didn't know where I was or what was going on. We looked all over the house, and we checked every smoke alarm. There was no fire in the house. There was no smoke in the house. Um, and we couldn't find one that was misfiring or anything, and I laid back down because I felt faint, and I said to him, you know, Anthony, did you do that? And he said, yes, I did that to protect you. Um, so he has been able to, when I haven't been able to fight, he's been able to come in, you know, either wake me up, or um, help raise my frequency so that I could fight that darkness. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's done several things. I mean, he's slammed the door, you know. (laughs) He scared me a couple of times. Um, But the fire alarm thing, the smoke alarm, really threw me.
1: That was a good one. Um, That was a good one. (laughs) You've talked about the dark energies. you want to explain what they are or who they are? I mean... I've I've experienced them, so I know what you're talking about. But
2: okay,
1: how would you describe? So from my them?
2: belief, my belief is those are the lower, darker realms um, mm-hmm. of the spirit world, or wherever you would like to say. Um, but so they are much, much different. I, people always ask me the number one question. I think I get is how do you know if it's a dark energy or you know a light spirit energy? And I say you can yeah. always either feel. See or hear the difference. You will know the difference, or you'll get sick to your stomach if it's a darker energy. Um, you get a queasy feeling. Um, it just doesn't, it's scaring. You know, there's something about it. Um, but the darker energies, um, I think it's really important to people to know, like I said earlier, because sometimes people think it's them thinking, or, you know, they can come in as thoughts for you, they can come in through dreams. Uh, so I think it's important for people to know that, yeah, these things are out there and they can attach to you if your frequency is low enough and they can, mm-hmm. you know, drain you. Um, and so I think it's important for people, to, especially empathic people, I think it's important to know a lot about that.
1: And and ways to protect yourself, too.
2: Yeah, I, I I teach my clients that all the time is how to protect yourself. Um from picking up other others energies or darker energies, or and that's part of that keeping that frequency higher. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to keep my frequency higher at that time. Between Anthony and my Sedona soul sisters, I had a lot of protection around me. Um, but what I found out actually before we moved was our house was on a ley line um, in Sedona, and so mm-hmm. there was waves. And so before the before Anthony passed. I, I, I hadn't had any of these darker experiences, I'll have to tell you. I I, I had some times where I had uh, energy attached to me through clients, which may have been heavier, but not these darker, darker, really bad energies. Um, but because my grief lowered my frequency so much, they were really able to get in. Um, and so... Anthony had to help me with that as well as my Sedona Soul Sisters, which was also a contract. Um, the way I found them and the way I came to work with them, so they were also put here at a time in my life when I, I would have needed them.
1: Well, I think with with the darker energies too. Um, um, I I know when when I had my experience with them, I I I was new to the field. You know, maybe just only twenty years in, and you mm-hmm. know. Uh, sort of, you know, I'm a child of light, you know, I'm fine. Nobody's gonna get, you know, attacked me mm-hmm. or whatever. Well well, you know, that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I did get attacked. Mm-hmm. And it was it was I I can remember it was it was, you know, I was being threatened with death and I finally said, you know, I'll take a bad cold but I'm not gonna die and, and that and I was so sick <laughs> But but mm. I I think I think as you grow in this field, you get these things where you, you learn to to respect the fact that you need the protection. You need to understand that there is there is there are things out there. They're they're, they're not. Um, I I wouldn't describe them as demons or devils or anything like that. I love your term dark energy or shadows or you know just they mm-hmm. they are they are energy that that are almost like psychic vampires, you know, they will they will drain you mm-hmm. immediately of your energy. And um and when your energy is drained, then then you are susceptible to picking up germs or all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's important to um to make sure that, you know, you take your vitamins and you, you you do the things that you need to do to protect yourself. And if you're going to be working in this field, you have to, you have to, um, kind of wear protection, and and we aren't always, you know, um, we we don't always have, you know, our capes and things like that on. We're not super people; we're just like everybody else. <laughs> and and uh, I think that that having an experience like that t- teaches you to respect more greatly the gifts and the talents that you have and that you use to help other people. So yeah, it, so it really it did
2: teach me a lot, for sure. And you know, I, I one thing I'm really passionate about is your frequency, and how you can keep your frequency higher. And I think you know it's important for people to know too that because even though even if you're not in this business, when you're having a lower frequency, you get sick more often. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the people around you are draining you. You're draining, and so. I I always say it's like that thing where, you know, you wake up in the morning, you stub your toe, you spill your coffee, you say, I'm going to have a bad day and then your day is horrible and you come home that night and you're like, this day was horrible. Um, (laughs) And so it like just, yeah, just like continues. Like it flows because you're like, this day was horrible, this day was horrible. Or like you're working with people and they unload all their stuff on you or they're really negative and then you leave work and you're like, oh, my God, what a horrible day and, you know, all this stuff. And so that is part of it and you know, when we learn to raise our frequency, do our deep breathing experiences—you know—all of these things to help mm-hmm. us uh, keep our frequency higher, we feel better, we have less disease, um, we're happier. Oh yeah, and when you meditate, you know, we
1: really, mm-hmm. we really do create our reality by our perception of it. Um, I, I think for the last fifty, sixty years. When anybody has asked me how I am, I'm always fabulous. Even when mm-hmm. maybe I'm not quite so fabulous, but but it's sort of like you put out there what you expect, and then it happens. So that so that you know, as you said, you know, if you start the day with everything you know falling to pieces, um, you, you know, and you you continue it, and you say, oh, there's another one. There it goes. See, it's it, it's it's a snowball effect. And uh, mm-hmm. the other thing that that I have found that is, gosh, so important, it's unbelievable, is is to have a good sense of humor, to be able to laugh at yourself, and laughter yeah. is probably one of the most powerful healing energies out there, and pure laughter from joy, is the most amazing thing in the world, and and. You know, you don't do it at funerals. You don't do it, you know, in at inappropriate places. Though I have giggled at a couple, but but <laughs> you know, having you can't help it. You know, you think of something and, and you just can't hold it in. But but it's like right. You know, a joie de vie, a love of life, a joy of creation, gets you through so much stuff. And and we're all going to have grief. And learning how to deal with it, and your book is, you know, is, a, is an amazing example of how you have dealt with it. And, and you know, it 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 cannot have been an easy book to have written uh, because it you, was not you, an you easy were,
2: book, and I didn't want to write it.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to write it in the beginning, you
2: know, but I did find it to be very cathartic, and I knew it would help so many people. And it, I really, for me. You know, like Anthony, I want to help change the world. I want to help change the way people see death. I I want you to not feel, you know, such of a loss that I felt and, and to know. And, of course, you're going to, you know, mourn the physical loss. But to understand so awesome. now that you can have another relationship with your child or your spouse or your parent, it's just a different type of relationship. Um And mm-hmm. it does take some getting used to it. But everybody can have this relationship with their loved ones.
1: Well, and and it's probably different for everyone too, you know, depending mm-hmm. upon the frequency or the level of consciousness or or the purpose of the yeah. lifetime. And or yeah. the contracts. You know, there's there's so much. It's not as simple as one yeah. would think.
2: <laughs> and and there's so many variables
1: <laughs> that go into it. <laughs> My goodness, yes, and the library you were in was is, was Hall of records, by the way.
2: Yes, it, it looked very much like uh, it's huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> expansive, but, um, you know, and, and when I, I, I talk take- to other people, I've met a lot of moms who have lost children and they're, you know, looking to connect with their children and, and as they – learn to look for these signs, you know, even if it's a penny, even if it's a feather, mm-hmm. the tiny, you know, it gives them solace to know, yes, their child is still there. You still have this relationship. Oh, absolutely.
1: And and when people lose a partner or a child or, or even a pet sometimes, but, but humans more importantly, I have found that, that depending on, the level of consciousness, the level of awareness of, of those left behind here, depending where they are, a great many of them, a lot of them, turn their lives around and, and are able to take that experience and turn it into a teaching experience to help other people through a similar situation. And yes. that's an amazing quality. And it's, it's like people who have near-death experiences as well um when they come back from them their lives are changed dramatically they no longer fear death they they want to help other people they i mean they they become changed people and it's it's you know nobody wants to have that experience in order to gain that that insight and philosophy but it does happen that way a lot of time and and it, it's sort of like it it's a threshold event not only for those passing over but for those on this on on this plane because they are taken to a new level of consciousness where they begin to understand things a lot better and they may not like it at first but but it it does give you a greater awareness and a greater understanding of the fact that we are eternal and and that yes. you know our our spirit will go on and on and on and on and um you, you never know what the next experience is going to be, I kind of wish we did. I kind of wish we we really had a choice. Um, you know, it, it's sort of like I wouldn't mind being rich next time, but 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 sometimes being rich is is more of a curse than it is a, a gift. So. Um, you know, to to get to love the life you're in is a, is a very wise thing to do. To be satisfied with where you are and understand there's a reason, and look for the look for the challenges and look for the lessons and have the the wisdom to confront them with with grace and love, makes life a lot easier. So you've got amazing does, messages yeah, here. You know that 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 you can give and that you can share, and um, I love the fact that you're traveling all over the place and and. Uh, Working with with people, um, do you do you take on private clients still?
2: I do. It's over Zoom or Skype. Uh, you can find me at SassySoulHealing.com. Uh, dot com or my husband and I just started a blog, Healing and Wheeling, and you can book a, a Skype session or or if I'm in your area, I'll do a, an in person session. Now you know I'm, I'm starting to just play with this, and so like, hey, we're in South Carolina, you know, for two weeks. This is where I am. If you'd like a in-person session or you can book a, um online
1: session as well. Uh, would they get in touch with you for, uh, through SedonaSoulSisters.com or how would they get in touch with you?
2: You can still get in touch with me. Too. I'm still in part of the SedonaSoulSisters.com or com. Either one of those you can book appointments through.
1: Okay. Now that's exciting that... Um... I think you, you, you've you got a great adventure going on here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the great thing is we don't know how long it's going to last. We're very open to, um, you know, seeing where it takes us, uh, having the ability to, you know, because I'm very much a type A personality. I like my ducks in a row and everything. And one thing Anthony has taught me was to be more go with the flow and just uh see where life takes me and, and sort of have fun with that
1: aspect of it too. So mm-hmm. it, it's
2: just, it's just, it really is amazing. It's just the way everything worked out. I'm still in awe that we're, we're actually doing it now. We've met so many families that are road schooling their children. And so, you know, everybody has such different stories, but yet they're all out here and they're, they're searching and they're doing their thing and, and part of, my work is to, to teach and to be the teacher, while I'm out here on the road.
1: Well, and happily, we have the technology today, so you can do that. You know, a decade ago, yeah, that's
2: amazing it was too.
1: Possible. <laughs> I mean, I I tell people that this whole thing was was meant to give humanity a timeout to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And yeah, as you look around, you do see that that a majority of the people have changed their lives because they've had the benefit of the pandemic to sit back, take a look, and, and make shifts and changes in their life if it's appropriate. And uh, Right, I reevaluate. Think, uh, oh, yeah.
2: Not working that 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 every day, day in, day out, where your kids are in daycare, and, you know, just working to pay your bills. And I think a lot of people... Um, through either losing a job or working at home or whatever it
1: is, at the time to
2: take a time out, like you said.
1: Well, and not only that, but I, I've i always believed that homeschooling children was the best way to go. So, you know, <laughs>
2: taking
1: taking that responsibility on with your daughter, I think, is fabulous. Yeah,
2: and, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have pulled her from school because she really loved her school there, you know, had it yeah. not been for COVID and have enough to go uh, virtual school and then, you know, transitioning to full-time at home. So, uh-huh. you know, again, everything just, it's the v- divine plan. It falls into place, Um and, and it's just something that was really <laughs> forced upon us in the beginning, but we found that we loved it.
1: I think that's fantastic. Well, I I just noticed we're we're really close to being out of time here. I I want to thank you so much for for your book and and for spending time with us and for sharing your wisdom and your story with us. And um, I so appreciate you know everything you've done, and I look forward to seeing what the next books are about.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you so much, and thank you so much for letting me share Anthony with you and all your listeners today. It really one thing it really does is, is help heal my heart when I can speak about him and share his his wisdom from where he is too. So I appreciate you. Thank you.
1: Oh well, it it was it was absolutely a pleasure, and I want to thank everybody for listening. Do check us out on YouTube and Rumble, uh, and if you if you like what you see and hear, please make sure you. Uh, subscribe or sign up or whatever is appropriate for which media you're on. Um, And Mark will be here uh, on Tuesday next, and uh, I will be here on next Thursday as well. So we have other shows coming up, so please join us, share your time with us, and we will be back at you as soon as we get ourselves really straight with our schedules. We're a little mixed up now, but... If you check into um, the website or Blog Talk Radio, you'll be able to see where the next show is. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being with us. And stay safe, stay well, and have a a wonderful Easter if, if it's appropriate for you. Other than that, have a great Sunday. It looks like it's going to be a good one all over the country. Good night now.